Welcome to the sermon podcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on January 18th, 2015, on the basis of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Whenever an argument ignites on the playground, there's a reason why someone will eventually play that trusty old trump card, well, my dad can beat up your dad. Without taking anything away from the way that kids admire their moms, the way that kids look at dad is just a little bit different. In their eyes, dad can do anything. Dad knows everything. Dad can fix anything. No matter what's wrong, dad can make it better. And I think one of the things that's hardest as a dad is to watch that conviction, watch that look in their eye slowly fade away. Little by little, they realize you're not a superhero, you're not a genius, you're not a miracle worker, you're just dad. And with everyone else in our lives, that would be perfectly fine. In fact, with everyone else in our lives, we often work very hard at managing people's expectations. We don't want our boss or our teacher or a friend or even our spouse to expect too much out of us. But when it comes to our kids, we want them to feel like they can ask the world. And it kind of hurts when you see it in their eyes that they realize that's not the case. So if that's true, how do you suppose our father upstairs feels when he sees the same thing from his children down here? I would guess there have been times in your life when you have been bold to ask the world of God, help me land that dream job, make the cancer go away, fix this broken relationship in my life. God is powerful, God loves you, and so God's going to do it, right? But then he doesn't. And little by little, over time, our opinion of God maybe changes a little bit. And little by little, over time, our expectations change as well. For whatever reason, God apparently didn't want to give us the thing that we were asking for. And so next time around, we maybe ask for a little bit less. Well, believe it or not, God does with us exactly what we often do with other people. God manages our expectations. God tells us what to ask of him. In fact, anytime we come across a prayer in Scripture, that's exactly what God is doing. These verses that are in front of us today are a prayer spoken by the Apostle Paul, and because the Holy Spirit saw fit to record them on the pages of Scripture, we know that it's a prayer that God also wants us to pray. God is telling us what to ask of him. He is managing our expectations. This prayer is God's response to you when it starts to seem as though your father isn't as great as you thought he was. So what exactly does God want us to ask him for? Well, in these verses, it's one simple thing. God wants us to know just how much Jesus loves us. 
Sounds simple enough, right? In fact, you can sing it. Jesus loves me, this I know. But here's where it gets complicated. God doesn't want us to know how much Jesus loves us just a little bit. He wants us to know it completely. I could tell you that I know cars, but by that I would mean that I know where to put the gas. And if I really had to, I could probably change the oil or a flat tire, and that's about it. God wants us to know Christ's love fully, completely, thoroughly, inside and out. And it gets even more complicated when we hear Paul describe how the dimensions of Christ's love, how wide and long and high and deep it is, defies our grasping. Picture a cardboard box that is as big as this entire room, as wide as these walls, as tall as the ceiling, and it is filled to the very top with feathers. Could you lift it? It's probably not too heavy, but there's no way that you could get your arms around it, right? Well, Paul tells us that God wants us to grasp the ungraspable. He wants us to know a love that surpasses knowledge. In fact, Paul wants us to know Christ's love as well as our all-knowing God knows it himself. And so maybe our first reaction to this prayer is to say, not me. God sure is setting the bar pretty high here, isn't he? To know Christ's love as well as God himself knows it. Maybe that was possible for Paul. Maybe it's possible for for someone who's a little bit better at this whole religion thing than I think I am. But me, I'm just sort of a beginner. I'm an entry-level Christian. I'm a novice at all of this. And so as nice of a prayer as this is, maybe not me. You know, one of the things that can cause children to be disappointed with their parents very quickly is when they perceive as though one child in the family is getting preferential treatment. Everything always needs to be equal, right? I have to tell you, my grandma was the best at this. First of all, whenever it was anyone's birthday, we all got a present of some sort. And on Christmas, if, some, if one person's gift cost even just a little bit less than someone else's, she would actually give that person the difference in change. So you'd open up this gift on Christmas morning, you'd tear open the wrapping paper, and it would be, wow, a brand new toy truck and 73 cents. Thank you, Grandma. So forget about this prayer for a minute. Just think about anything that you might want to ask God. Does it ever seem as though some people are getting preferential treatment? Maybe it seems as though God is answering other people's prayers more than he's answering our own. And maybe we would even assume that God is answering their prayers because he loves them more than he loves us. Maybe they've figured something out that we haven't figured out yet. Maybe they've done something for God that we haven't done. Maybe they've advanced to a stage or a level in their faith that we haven't advanced to yet. Maybe it seems as though they're getting preferential treatment. Paul addresses that in these verses. He says that he offers this prayer to the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. He says that he prays this prayer for all of God's holy people. 
So the truth of the matter is that Jesus came to live and to die for everyone. And that means that everyone who puts their trust in Jesus is a full-fledged, card-carrying member of God's family with all of its rights and privileges. Direct access to God the Father. An open ear whenever you want it. Even the right to demand from God the things that he promises to his people. You see, when God wants to give something to one of his children, he wants to give that same blessing to all of his children. Whether it's this prayer, this blessing, or any other, God does not give preferential treatment to certain children and not others. And that's really the first thing that we need to remember when maybe it seems as though our Father isn't as great as we thought he was. God doesn't play favorites. So yes, this, this blessing of knowing Christ's love fully is one that God wants for you. Do you want it for yourself? Another thing that can cause children to be disappointed with their parents very quickly is when they perceive that their parents are intentionally keeping things from them. As in, Mom and Dad, you could have gotten me that Xbox. You could have gotten me that brand new bike, but you got me these wool pajamas because you just don't want me to have any fun. I have to ask, when you see what God wants you to have, and when you see firsthand in your life all of the things that apparently God doesn't want you to have because he doesn't give them to you, does it ever seem to you as though maybe God is holding something back? When you see that the thing that God wants you to have is to know Christ's love fully, does part of you want to say, okay, God, let's make a deal? How about I know Christ's love just enough? Like, just the bare minimum. And then in exchange, you give me all of the things that I've been begging you for for these last several years. Does it seem as though God is holding things back? Paul addresses that in these verses as well. In fact, maybe when we look at this prayer, it almost sounds as though God is being self-centered. Have you ever had it happen to you where you tell one of your children that you love them? almost more for your benefit than for theirs. Not so much as a natural expression of how you feel, but, but simply for your own sake. Maybe you lose your temper. Maybe you raise your voice and, and you feel bad about it. So you go and you tell them that you love them just so that you know they know it's true. It's almost more for your own good than it is for theirs. So so here God says to you, the thing that I want most is for you to know how fully my son loves you. Who's that really for, we might ask? Well, of course, we know that we are the ones who are by nature self-centered, who ask for things only because they will benefit us. Paul tells us God wants this for us, not for his own good, but for ours. Paul tells us that the more we know God's love, the more two things happen to us. The more we become rooted and the more we become established. So picture a plant. 
Paul says, Christ's love is like the root system. The more you know it, the deeper and the wider that root system spreads. Or picture a building. Paul says, Christ's love is like the foundation. The more you know it, the stronger and the sturdier it is. So if we're supposed to picture our lives like a plant, are there ever storms? Are there ever strong winds that try to blow you right over? Are there ever floods? Are there ever droughts? Are there ever hailstorms? Are there ever little pests that try to eat away at you one bite at a time? Does the devil ever come along and try and rip you right out of, out of the ground? If we're supposed to picture our lives like a building, are there ever earthquakes or tornadoes or fires? Does it ever seem as though just one more tremor, one more gust of wind, and the whole thing is going to come crashing down? Boy, having those strong roots and having that sturdy foundation sure is important. In fact, it's the best thing that God can possibly give you in this life. Believe it or not, even better than the clean bill of health, even better than the dream job, even better than the perfect family. Because no matter how good your life might be at any given moment, there's always going to be that next storm. There's always going to be that next earthquake. And so having that foundation and having those roots is the only thing that can help us handle whatever life might throw at us. That's the second thing that we need to remember when it seems as though our father maybe isn't as great as we thought he was. God doesn't hold back. God gives you the very best that he has to offer. So maybe there's just one quick question that's left in our minds. Can he do it? Is he capable of it? Even when children are convinced that their parents have their best interests in mind, like I said, eventually children realize that mom and dad have their limits. In fact, it hurts a little bit when they say, well, why can't our house be as big and as nice as so-and-so's house is? Why can't we go to Disney World on vacation like so-and-so is? Of course, we would never think that God is incapable of anything, but you heard what Paul said. God wants us to be able to grasp the ungraspable. He wants us to know the love that surpasses knowledge. And so part of us has to ask, can he do it? For that reason, Paul wraps things up with a statement that, that almost seems to be too good to be true. He says that God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever even ask or imagine. So here's the very most that you would ever dream of asking God. Here's what God is capable of. And the difference between those two is so great that Paul says it's immeasurable. God can do even the impossible. And the really good news is that that limitless, logic-defying power of God is already working in your hearts. It's been working in your heart from the moment the Holy Spirit created faith in you through hearing his word or through being baptized. And every single time that you come here to hear his word, to receive Holy Communion, every single time that you sit at home and, 
and open your Bible, every single time that you talk with your kids on the way home about what they learned in Sunday school that day, that same Holy Spirit with all of the power of God is working to strengthen that faith in your hearts. It's like he's taking your arms, already stretched out as far as they can stretch, and he is continuing to pull them out even farther and farther so that you can grasp more and more, so that you can know more and more fully just how much Jesus loves you. Whether it's this prayer or any other prayer, God is able to do even more than we could ever imagine. And that's the final thing that we need to remember as we're maybe tempted to think that God isn't as great as we thought he was. He has no limits. In other words, we might say, that, at least by ordinary standards, God isn't very good at managing expectations. Conventional wisdom would suggest that you should always under-promise and then over-deliver, and everyone will be happy. Instead, God decides to over-promise and still always deliver. He doesn't tell you to ask for less. He tells you to ask for more. He teaches you that he's not as great as you thought he was. He's even greater. And so it's no wonder that Paul concluded this section by speaking a word of praise that gives God the credit that he deserves. And we're going to wrap up today by speaking that word of praise together. It's on the very back and bottom of your sermon notes. It's also up on the screen. Paul's closing doxology, his word of praise. Let's join together. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.